Come on, where are your guts? What's your problem, man? My problem? Yeah. You got a problem, kid. You got a ticker problem. What's the matter? You got nothing left inside, huh? Because you're training like a damn bum, you know that? Bum? A bum! Maybe you're right. Maybe I ain't got it no more. All right. And don't you waste my time no more. You hear that? Go away. Go back to the docks where you belong. You go back to being a two-bit nothing. But don't you ever come back here again because I'm too old to waste my time trying to train a no-good loser like you. You bum! All right, for this episode, I really thought we booked Utah Jazz sports writer for the Desert News, Jody Guinnessy, Sasha. I don't know who's here. It looks like Jody 2.0 lost so much weight. What's going on, man? I feel like eating raw eggs and hitting a side of beef right now. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I would say that I feel like running upstairs, but I'm, I've lost a lot of weight, but I'm still Baby lazy. steps. Yeah, baby, yeah, baby steps. <laughs> it's so great music. I Thank you. I feel I just, pumped up now. You know, we felt it was appropriate, you yeah. know, for you to come in here to some Rocky music, <laughs> to the theme song. Uh, have you? What's your favorite Rocky movie? Wow, that I, I mean, the original is the best, but the I love the fourth. You know, what about you, Sasha? I would bust you. I, <laughs> I think Rocky One's uh, from a cinematic cinematography point of view is one of the best shot videos in movie history. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, and I thought. There, I have issues like the lady, his girlfriend. She drives me nuts. Like, Adrian! oh, I hate Adrian. <laughs> do yeah. it again. Do it again. <laughs> Adrian. <laughs> Rocky one, and then uh, when he fought the Russian, that was a good one too. The, uh, Rocky three was really good yeah. too. Yeah, the new Rocky was good. I loved it. Not a, Creed. Not a yeah, lot of people Creed. liked it. Really? No. What? I, Sasha, I have a feeling you didn't like Creed. I haven't seen it yet. Are you oh, serious? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved it. I wanted to be in it. I wish. <laughs> I don't know what role I would have played, but I was like, I should have been Creed, in this movie. Creed's girlfriend, I know, maybe. right? Maybe. <laughs> but Water <I> girl. <laughs> anything. I should have been in there. Do you, uh, so, I mean, I haven't seen you for a couple months. Just, yeah, you know. Good to see you. On, yeah, good to see you. But just your pictures on Twitter, on Facebook, they don't do it justice. Like, oh, thank you. you have lost, how much weight have you lost so far? So I've lost 167 pounds. Wow. Wow. Since uh, it, March 7th of 2016. Dude, I weigh 180. <laughs> so you've pretty much just I'm coming everywhere. After you. you pretty much just lost the whole me. Well, your 180 looks a lot better than the 167 <laughs> I lost. Can I say that? You can. Thank you. How did you, you know, lose that much weight and you're being consistent, you're keeping it off? And to me, it seems like it wouldn't be an easy thing to do with your job. Right. Yeah, that is definitely one of the challenges. Uh, because during the jazz season, I'm traveling a lot. And there are multiple factors there why it's hard to lose weight. And uh, for one, the Deseret News is paying for my food. <laughs> so it's really <laughs> easy to say, Deseret News is paying. I'm going to buy some good food. I hear Desert but- News has some money, so you should be eating everything. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I mean... You're you're up late, so it's easy to grab crap afterwards. You're at uh, arenas where they have they're not serving healthy food per se. There's desserts and just uh, it's it's a rough life on the on the road. So that did make it a challenge. But I'm really proud of myself that this season I I buckled down and and uh, stayed true to my program. I have a really good health program that I started about 14 15 months ago, and that's really helped me to be able to lose weight and. You mentioned it earlier. It's the consistency. So it's not just, hey, this meal. Like, we start a diet. Everybody does this. Okay, I'm going to lose weight. And then you eat broccoli, like, for lunch. And you run to the scale. You're like, I got to be skinny now. Yep. <laughs> hey, that's, that's the story of my life. I start a new diet. Me and my mom, we start new diets, like, every other day. We're like, okay, we're on Weight Watchers today. Let's do it. Okay, we're going to do Atkins tomorrow since I didn't lose five pounds yet. Yeah. On Weight Watchers. <laughs> and so it's the consistency. It's meal after meal after day after day after week after week. And that sounds cliche, but it's kind of like the one game at a time cliche that athletes give you. Mm-hmm. But really, that's what it's about. It's like one good choice plus one good choice plus one good choice. 
equals great results. So it's consistency plus time equals results is kind of the the formula that some of my mentors have taught me, and it, it really works. And so 15 months ago, I decided I, I felt like I was drowning and I needed to breathe again. I'm five foot seven and a half on, I'll say five eight. Can we say five? Yeah, let's say five, five eight. eight. Let's just round it up. Five eight on tippy toes. <laughs> <laughs> if I played in the NBA, I'd be five ten. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I weighed, I stepped on the scale uh, in February of 2016 and I weighed 373.7 pounds. That is a lot of Jody to love. <laughs> but who doesn't love Jody? <laughs> Everyone loved Jody. I didn't, honestly, I didn't love Jody at that point. You know, it mm-hmm. was just, you know, I liked parts of me, you know, I, I, and I tried to be jovial and the funny fat guy and, and do a good job at the Deseret News writing about the jazz and had this persona on Twitter, try to be funny or snarky or whatever. But really, my self-esteem was shot. That weight, I mean, I, I don't want to make this too dramatic, but um, that weight really took me to a pit of despair. Have you seen The Princess Bride? <laughs> oh, gosh, no. <laughs> Are uh, you like The Princess Bride? What, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of like uh, Wesley, the the uh, main actor. He uh-huh. finds himself at one point. He wakes up, and he's like, where am I? And this weird-looking, goofy guy that's helping him, he's like, you're in the pit of despair. And, I don't, Is it, that it, how you felt? If you haven't seen the movie, go watch you got to watch Princess Bride. I've seen off. parts of it. But the important thing was I felt like I was in the pit of despair mm-hmm. and I was caused it was self-inflicted damage. And so I really that weight weighed on me in all aspects of my life. So like emotionally, mentally, spiritually, financially, everything was like just just going down and swirling. It felt like I was swirl, swirling down a toilet. And so um and you probably weren't going to live to be 60 at that weight because right. you never see really large people in the elderly years. You just don't. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's very rare. Yeah. So to that point, my dad passed away at age 57 because wow. of obesity-related causes. He had diabetes. He, he could never just take control of his eating. And so it eventually killed him. And so I was about 45 at the time. Weighed three seventy four, and you know that forty five to fifty seven. If you look back forty five to thirty three, those twelve years passed really quickly. Time flies, and I have four young kids and wife and all that. And I looked ahead of my and I'm like, I am following the footsteps of my dad. I love my dad, amazing big Tom. Love you. Shout out to you in heaven. But you know, I I didn't want to do that. He that's one area where he failed in his life, and he actually even told me before he died he was miserable. He was sitting in his big, his lazy boy recliner in his, his uh, front room. And he looked at me. He was really a lot of pain. And he looked at me and said, Jody, don't let this happen to you. And so, I mean, I, I heard that and I, I took that to heart, but then I just didn't like, I let it happen to me. Like not quite that bad, but I was on, you're on the to track your, to your point, Sasha. I was on the track to an early if not an early death, at least a lot of disease and misery beyond the misery I was already in. And so I decided it's got to change because, you know, I'm a sports writer, so I get paid to sit on the sideline and watch athletes play. But I felt like in my own life, I was on the sideline watching everybody else live their life. And it was just passing me by. You even, uh, Tweet. It was either on your, I think your blog. And by the way, uh, if you want to follow us right now, follow along and see everything we're talking about. JodyGennessy dot com. That's J O D Y G E N E S S Y. Correct. Dot right, com. Yes. Yes. So Impressive. I had to, you know, put that out phonetically right there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of tough. Okay. Uh, but I mean, you even, I think it was on your blog that you put Derek Favors was even like, I didn't know who it was asking me questions. I didn't know that was you. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. We're in uh, the or- Oracle arena um, and Derek had his head kind of down and I was to the side side of him and, and I asked a question and he looked up and he's like, Whoa. I didn't. I didn't recognize <laughs> Jody you, Jody 2.0. <laughs> I like Jody, and that's good. Jody 2.0. Yeah, and so uh, he's he's one of the few jazz players who actually said something or noticed. One day, I like this story. So uh, toward the end of the season, we're at the practice facility. Jerry Sloan comes up. He and his wife Tammy have really been supportive. I see them in the bowels of the arena every once in a while before or after games, and they've both been super nice, congratulating me and saying they're inspired and excited for me. 
so I hadn't seen Jerry for a while and he comes up to me and he's like, congrats. Are you still losing weight? And I said, yeah, I've lost 150 pounds or whatever. And he said, uh, do you feel good? And I said, I, I feel even better than I look. And he looked at me. He's like, well, you look pretty damn good. <laughs> <laughs> How did that make you feel for someone of that stature to, you know, he's taking the time out to compliment you and not only compliment, but he's, he's noticed your oh, progression. Yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, I covered Jerry Sloan, so uh, I respected him and worked with him. I got in trouble with him asking dumb questions occasionally. <laughs> but, no, that – I mean, I respect the heck out of Jerry Sloan. I, you know, who who doesn't? And so when you get a compliment like that uh, from a Hall of Famer, I mean, it really makes you feel good. And it, it's a little – you know, a little comments, comments like that that just kind of get you motivated. You're like, ah, people are noticing and this is fun. And obviously you notice yourself and all, all these great changes that have happened, but that's just kind of, it was awesome. I wrote a blog about it. Of course <laughs> <laughs> you have to, you have to, there's nothing else you can do. Like Jerry Sloan. I don't know. To me, that's big. That's huge. Somebody like that giving you, you know, you're doing, it makes you feel better to me. If I was in that moment, I'd be like, Oh, instead of eating this donut, I'm going to go eat something else because he noticed yeah i can't gain weight now i know so, right just imagine what jerry sloan's gonna say if he jody i noticed you're a little bit bigger than last I know, time right? your hips are <laughs> just a little bit jody <laughs> but i one of the best reactions i had was uh in the visitors locker room at uh, vivan arena oklahoma city thunder were in town i hadn't seen ennis Cantor for quite a while and Honestly, I thought the the last time I had talked to him here a year or so ago, I had been kind of critical of him on on Twitter. I liked him when he was here. I think he's funny. Really uh, got along well with him. And then I kind of took some pot shots at his defense and probably went over the line a couple of times. He probably never even saw this, but in my mind, I thought, oh, Ennis hates me now or whatever. <laughs> so uh, fast forward to the, the end of the year, and I'm in the, the visitor's locker room doing a story on – uh, Russell Westbrook. I'm waiting for Russell, and <laughs> go tell tell them what uh, the visitors' locker room smells like. <laughs> Vicks paper, paper rub, and it's like 92 degrees in there, and it's small, and there's testicles everywhere. <laughs> Wait, why haven't I been in there? No, I'm just kidding. We we're having this conversation off air before we started, so I had to have Sasha share that. But so, in the midst of the vapor rub and trying to avoid testicles. Uh, standing there with other reporters waiting for Russell Westbrook, Ennis Cantor comes out of uh, the little training facility, or the, you know, he was with the mas- masseuse or whoever. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> I don't want to know what's going on. Uh, Turkish. We're talking about testicles and masseuse <laughs> no, vapor rub. They've got this little square in the Sorry, locker room that's so small, shaded off, and there's like massage tables. Yeah, it's like there. the training room, yeah. but it's like. It's a curtain. You can see everything, yeah. So anyways, he walks out of there, and I'm standing, and I look over at him. I'm like, oh, no, here's Dennis. He's going to rip on me or something. He just looks at me from head to toe like a couple times. He's like, holy cow, (laughs) yeah, Jody. Oh, my gosh, you look amazing. I mean, he just was really, like, just going nuts about how much I changed. It was kind of making me feel, like, a little awkward, I like, you gonna give me your phone number now? Yeah. Give me, I know, right? <laughs> it, it, no, it was really cool. And he said, "Your your wife must be just thrilled." And he's like, "Wow, wow!" He just kept saying, "Wow, you really look great." And that was awesome. So that a lot of jazz fans always ask, "Hey, so what do the, the players say?" Usually, they say nothing because the players they don't they're not thinking about most of them. And this is they're not thinking about the fat reporter. They're thinking about themselves. <laughs> but okay, so does it ever get? old because the first thing we both said when we saw you wow oh my gosh you look great everyone you know has the same reaction um you know just how much weight have you lost does it ever get old or does it make you feel bad about yourself kind of in a way like gosh well what did I look like before (laughs) no I mean I know what I looked like before but no it's funny because I put my before and after picture up often it I, I go and dig, your toes and my toes. Yeah, <laughs> I have a picture. Yeah, so people know what I'm talking. You're talking about. I have a picture. I took a picture of my feet. They were bloated. They were huge. They looked like I had elephantitis or something. 
when I stepped on the scale at 373.7. And now I like to show, like, I think my feet have gone through a bigger transformation than anything. So I, I do a, a current update of my toes. But now <laughs> you can see bones and veins on my feet. It's kind of crazy, the transformation. Uh, so to your question, no, I, I love it. I Some people uh, misconstrue what, you know, the before you still liked yourself or, you know, you're still a good person, even if you didn't like yourself before. But now, like, I'm so proud of, of where I've come. And I know that I feel, I feel amazing. I feel a billion times better. And I look a lot better too. So I, I like doing the before and after. So I know I soak up these. So when I met you guys in the, uh, the parking lot and you guys both had great <laughs> compliments, I like, I'm standing like, a little taller. I was like five foot eight and a quarter. <laughs> so take me back a little bit. The night before you go to your first workout, were you excited about waking up? And then tell me about that first day at the gym. That, that's a really interesting question because <laughs> true confessions of a, a Jody or a dieter. <laughs> I, I don't work out. You don't work out. I don't work out. And and there's some a method be behind my madness. I've been in the gym probably five times. Was it like to protect since... your heart so you didn't have a heart attack or partially? Yeah. Um, the program that I belong to and, and, and follow, and actually I'm a health coach for now. Uh, we believe that, uh, you know, the, and it's pretty good common sense when people want to lose weight, a lot of times they'll run to the gym and they'll start eating celery sticks or something sure. and they'll run as fast as they can or lift as much weight as they can. And they can get burned out, but when you're as big as I am, yeah, you are in like danger uh, of of having something physically go wrong with you, either your heart or your joints. It's really it's when you're 374 pounds, it's really hard for you to be on the treadmill or you know doing this or that. So th- the way we approach it is that we dial in our nutrition, and I mean, really, because weight loss is about 80. The the common saying is 80 percent diet. 20% exercise mm-hmm. for me to honestly, it's been 90 for 95% diet, 5% exercise. I'm more active than I used to be, but I don't go to the gym. I kind of look at that as my secret weapon for maintenance. I'm definitely going to get a lot more healthy motion and start doing cardio and lifting weights. Cause that's really important. But for now I'm just, uh, because I, I'm, my program puts us in kind of a low caloric deficit. And so if we start exercising too much, we're going to have too few calories to sustain our body. And then you start. So you're on 800, 900 um, calories uh, a day. It's or? about uh, 900 to 1100. Okay. Probably the way I'm eating, it's probably closer to 1100 or 1200. <laughs> so a couple of chicken breasts, a salad, and a couple of pieces of fruit here and there. That's about it. Uh, so my program, uh, and, and I don't want to sound like an infomercial, well, your, but this is what's your program. So I'm doing a program called take shape for life. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, is fueled by Metafast food. I don't, I'd never heard of it either. So, <laughs> and so we eat five, we eat six times a day, every two and a half to three hours. We drink a lot of water. Five of the meals are fuelings we get from our program, and uh, they're prepackaged meal replacements that have a good, uh, good macro nutrient ratio. So you have good healthy fats, good carbs, lean protein, vitamins and minerals. So you're getting a lot of good nutrition, and then one meal a day. And I post recipes about these. It's kind of a, a, a low-carb meal. It's lean protein and, and non-starchy vegetables. And so that's what we eat during the weight loss phase. And then once we hit a transition, we start bringing back other healthy foods. But there's a really good, you know, it's a good ratio of, of good healthy food that we're eating. And it's formulated in such a way that we can go into a low-calorie mode and still, like, give our bodies all the nutrition you need. So it's pretty awesome. But if you start exercising, that kind of throws that balance. Fatigue out of sets whack. in, and yeah, that starvation, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. You can go into starvation mode, and then you start eating a little bit more. You start compensating when you start working out. Because trust me, I used to do triathlons, and I tried to lose weight doing triathlons. You can fool yourself. You say, okay, I just exercised for an hour or even two hours. I can eat this. I can go to Chakarama yeah. and just go nuts. <laughs> you can't outrun your fork. You can, <laughs> you. That's I, the title of the show. I, yeah. <laughs> I've tried. Make sure you write that one down. Hold on. 
Oh, go ahead. So, I'm just writing it down. So you literally are writing it down. Yeah, so keep going, yeah, but I'm so, just I mean, writing. They say that you make abs in the kitchen. That's another corny line. That, but really, the the point of that saying, you can't outrun your fork, is because you know the, the calories you burn in an hour of walking or running, you can quickly gobble up in a slice big Slice of cheesecake, yeah. Slice of cheesecake or, you know, what whatever it is. So, But see, that's how I am. I'll go to the gym and I'm like, sweet, I just worked out for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I can go eat a whole cake. I'll go to Smith's and get what, their yellow bunk cake, like the yellow cake, and I just eat it all. And then I'm just like, well, it's not Why bad not because, yeah, and it's, I'm like, it's not bad, though, because it balances it out. I worked yeah. out for 10 minutes, then I'm going to eat a whole cake. But that is obviously not good. Now, working out, obviously, is, is really good for your mental state. It's mm-hmm. it's great for your body, for your, your cardiovascular system. It's good for a lot of different things, uh, your joints, uh, you name it. It's great for your body. It's just not great for losing weight. That's why you see people who do The Biggest Loser. And work out for five or six hours a day, and they lose amazing amounts of weight, and it's fun to watch that show. And then they get home in the real world, and it's just not realistic. So they go back to work, and suddenly they they plump up again because they were losing the weight based on the, you know, they were trying to outrun their fork. You can't. (laughs) Sorry, that's really Like, so be real. Have one of your kids or your wife ever eaten one of your meals and you like dude what are you doing like oh yeah that's not for you oh yes because i mean it's it's not you know i think it's affordable you know it's and it's good i think it's a good investment of myself but it costs money yeah my food costs more money than their food does (laughs) so yeah and plus they're small portions so every morsel counts (laughs) like uh uh-uh you get away from that uh, (laughs) get away from that that piece of chicken yeah. For, yeah, that's my dessert, dude. What are you doing? But I like that they like the food, and so and they like like tonight. Tonight's a good example. My son Aiden and I we grilled some fish uh, out on the on on the gas grill, and he ate it and, and he loved it. And so, you know, that's that was a really healthy. I ate some spaghetti squash with it as well. So that's a really healthy meal for me. But my kids are eating. They're eating more broccoli. They're eating more salad. They're eating more grilled chicken and things like that. And I'm not saying that we're a model of health because they still eat the chicken nuggets and the corn dogs yeah. and the pizza. But sometimes, those other so, yeah, I mean, sometimes we'll eat cauliflower crust pizza instead of regular pizza. Now, how was that? Because I've heard that before. And I'm like, uh-uh, I am not <laughs> going down that road. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. So, yeah, I mean, it does sound kind of funky. Uh so if you go in thinking I'm going to eat pizza and somebody serves you up a cauliflower crust pizza, <laughs> they ain't your friend. But if you, Brittany, if you came to my house and I said, hey, I'm going to serve you cauliflower, and suddenly your cauliflower had melted cheese, tomato sauce, and maybe some turkey pepperoni on it. See, I'm like, game. Okay, that's pretty good cauliflower. Yeah, yeah. But if you, if I'm thinking, oh, I'm getting a pizza, and then you put this in front, I'm like, whoa, whoa, where's all the grease? Where's the yeah. pizza? But like you said, it's just you got to kind of reshape your thinking. If yeah, you tell I, someone, oh, I'm giving cauliflower, and then you're like, I get all this with the cauliflower? Right. And then thankfully there have been uh, creative people who've found different ways to eat vegetables in, in healthy kind of creative ways. So like cauliflower crust pizza. I really like making cauliflower buffalo wings. That sounds good. Though. Yeah. So you take some cauliflower, you throw it in the oven, and then you take it out of the oven after about 20 minutes, and you – Throw a bunch of Frank's Red hot sauce with oh, that's with good. melted butter on it. I, that's good. And then and you can dip it in some low fat, low fat ranch or something. It's really good. That sounds yeah. good. So you've been very open about this um, on your blog. So that's why I'm asking you about your you know your seatbelt on the plane. Yeah. Um, and the story of I don't want to say anything wrong, but uh, uh, it seemed like you know you were traveling on the plane and then you normally needed more than one seatbelt an extender. Right. And it was at that moment, it seemed like you were kind of like, okay, this is it. Talk about that. And then also, I don't know, with your kids, have you guys been to different theme parks? And now it seems like, you know, if you're going to different theme parks and things with your kids, it's a lot easier to get on rides. Oh, yeah. No, those are great questions. So the the seatbelt extender. Yeah. So I travel with Jazz, about 50,000 miles in the air a year. So I would walk on the plane. Uh, a year and a half ago, and uh, the first thing I would do was ask the flight attendant, uh, do you have a more of me to love belt? 
And they'd kind of laugh. Yeah, so I was like, just going to start asking for that. Girl, I've got more to me than love. Because I don't want to say a seatbelt extender, you know, because yeah. then you're admitting you're fat. But if you admit there's more of me to love, then like, oh, yeah. Is that what they really call them? Seatbelt extenders, yeah. Oh, but wait. So you gave it the name? I gave more... it the name more of me to love belt. Yeah. You have the best slogan. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. But go ahead. It's up there with Stifle Tower and uh, Swat Lake City. Uh, so, yeah. So they'd get a, it'd get a good chuckle. But then I'd walk down the aisle of the plane and you'd notice people would look at you like oh please don't sit by me please keep moving please keep moving slowly some mo- oh phew. so this one time i was uh, is february of 2016 i'm flying from toronto to detroit on a jazz road trip uh interestingly enough i had just left toronto and i had three goals i wanted to go to tim hortons which is an amazing donut place I wanted to eat some poutine, which is fries mm. with gravy and cheese curds on it. And I wanted to eat ketchup chips. So, I mean, oh, you had me until you said ketchup <laughs> oh, chips. Oh, ketchup chips. Uh-uh. They're amazing. Oh. They are amazing. Don't knock it till you try it. Oh, I won't. I'll still eat it because I'll eat anything. But <laughs> so anyway. I, I gained a lot of weight in Toronto. So let's just put it that way. So I'm on the plane. I have the more of me to love belt. I sit down next to a guy that clearly didn't want to be sitting next to the fat guy on the plane. And at this point I was almost at my heaviest and I, I still had Memphis to go on this road trip. So I got even fatter on that road trip, (laughs) (laughs) but I was almost at my heaviest. And I just, in my mind, I kept thinking, ah, dude, you got to lose weight. You got to lose weight. What's going to spark you? I don't know. And like, I kept waiting for something to happen to motivate me to lose weight. Nothing was working. I couldn't start anything on my own. And so I sit next to this guy. I put my seatbelt extender, the more me to love belt on. And, you know, we, we, the plane starts going and I'm leaning away from the guy because I don't want my fat spilling over into his side. Cause that's not cool. I'm leaning into the aisle and part of like, I'm taking up probably a third of the aisle because, you know, I just was a wide load. And the uh, the armrests were digging into my sides. That hurt. Uh, my back and neck were kind of uncomfortable because I was leaning away from that guy. And I'm I was just I'm like, you're gonna write yourself a blog right now, some notes, what it's like being in this situation. So I just started took my phone out, started writing what it was like to be on that flight, being the fat guy on the plane. And uh, I even started off with a note saying, I hope this motivates me. Interesting enough, I was pretty open about it. And so I write yeah, this I blog it. and I, I fell asleep like writing the blog. And then I woke up because I, I didn't sleep well. I'm sure I had sleep apnea because I would snore a lot and wake up a lot, wake up unre- unfreshen, unrefreshed. I can't speak. <laughs> wake up feeling like crap. Anyway, so I, I this is only a 45 minute flight. I write this blog, I post the blog, and it kind of went wild. People just read it and, and, you know, thank me for, for a bunch of different reasons. Because some people didn't realize they didn't want to be sitting next to the fat guy on the plane. And it kind of changed their attitude of what it was like for the fat guy on the plane. Yeah, to, that's what I was just I, about I to say. I felt horrible, you know. And so, anyway, it did motivate me. And when I got back from that road trip, I stepped on the scale, 373.7, decided it's time. Let's go. And I, I joined this program. And 167 pounds later, I the first time I in July of last year, It'd been about three or four months. I went on a, a flight to Texas, and you know I was looking forward to it, but I was a little bit nervous. I did not ask for the more me to I love. Saw, you blogged this, yeah, and uh, I was down well, like seventy five pounds at that point, right around three hundred. And uh, get in my seat and take the seat belt, and boop, it's you know it buckled, and See? I even got like two inches extra of it. So, and I think you said something in your blog like you it was like a, a sense of relief. Like, oh, huge. You know, I, I keep up with you, Joe. Thank you, Brittany. See? I'm impressed. Thank you. I read your stuff. You read me more than I read myself. <laughs> the funny thing is I'm like taking a picture and like taking a selfie of my belly and the <laughs> the seatbelt extender. Or no, the seatbelt, no extender. And the lady across the aisle, where I'm now friends with her. She was actually going to the same place I was. We didn't know each other. A uh, health coach conference. And she's like, hey, can I take a picture for you? Because I know what you're doing because yeah. I, I had to do that before. And it was really neat. And now I get to go on planes. And uh, I always chose the the aisle seat because I could spread out a little bit more or lift up the uh, armrest and, and let my body just 
flow. <laughs> now I know, this and is- now like now I can get in the plane and don't even have to think about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, on one of my flights this past year, I had to do a middle seat because I'd got bumped off another flight and I just wanted to get home. So I did a middle the dreaded seat. Dreaded middle. The seat. dreaded middle seat. I fit in it fine. It was not. It was like. I was comfortable. It was okay. See, you're better than me because I would have been like, yeah, let me stretch out. (laughs) I got extra room now. (laughs) So you asked about the amusement parks. And that was actually one of the reasons uh, last last year, uh, right as I was starting my journey, I did a video. I had this big beard. And I I wrote a list of reasons why I wanted to lose weight. And one of the reasons was uh, to go on amusement park rides because that's fun, you know? And and I hadn't. When you're big, you you can't fit on any rides. I was at Magic Mountain once with my buddies, and sat in the the bat. I remember the ride, and they you pull the thing over, and it wouldn't click. And so they had to bring two different employees out. Two different employees were pushing on, wow, the the restraint, and fine, you know, and it, it was awful. And so people were laughing at me, and my friends wanted to kick some. He said I could say anything. They wanted to kick some tush. <laughs> like, but at that moment, did you did you ride the ride still, or did you were you just like, you know what, forget it? Yeah. So I believe we did get it to click once on that time, and so I was able to ride it. But I remember uh, the last time I'd gone, I'd gone to Lagoon once, and that white roller coaster. I could only get like one cheek in the seat. <laughs> So I'm like at this weird angle and it clicked once, you know, roller coasters are kind of scary as it is, but when that bar only clicks, kind of clicks once it acts an extra dimension of a thrill and and fright. You're better than me. Yeah. So last year, uh, last summer, I I decided to take my family at the end of summer, uh, to Lagoon and got on the, it's the version of the bat. I can't even remember what it's called, but you get on there and it clicked fine. And I was able to go on the ride. It was really fun. And I was, I went on all the rides. And it was amazing. And there was one ride where I had to have an employee try to push down. And, you know, it was a little bit embarrassing, but we got it. Uh, this year, we went again just a couple weeks ago. And I fit even better in the seats now. And I had a blast. It, it was amazing just to go and enjoy the rides with your kids and not even worry about, is this am I going to fit in the seat? Is it going to be embarrassing? So that was huge. We call that an NSV, a non-scale victory. That was fun. Well, let me tell you something. I don't know if you know this, but if you keep losing weight, you're going to fly off the roller coaster. <laughs> so you might want to chill. <laughs> you won't hear any clicks. You just fly off. <laughs> because the way you're going right now, it's crazy. I love it. But it's like it's not even a diet. It's a lifestyle. Right. It's a lifestyle change. You really did it. And I want to know how can you balance that with your, your you have two jobs, but I guess you're, you know, you're a health coach. You, I don't know if you look at it as a job because it's, you know, like you said, a lifestyle, Yeah. but you still are balancing two things. And how do you do that? And you are, a you know, Utah jazz beat writer. And on Twitter, maybe a lot of people are like, Jody, that's what we're following you for. We want to see that, you know? Yeah. So how do you balance the both? And do you really care what other people say? It is interesting. Um, so some people like let's uh, Tony Jones in the, the Salt Lake Tribune, they have it set up where they have their own personal uh, Twitter accounts. And then they have Trib Jazz, which is exclusively jazz. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that was the smarter way to set it up. But they keep going, like, they go through Trib Jazz's, like, James Bonds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and then Tony will be like, I'm in charge of this account now, people. Oh, God, unfollow. I <laughs> uh, love you, Tony. So uh, I start, I set up mine, uh, DJ Jazzy Jody, a goofy little, you know, mm-hmm. name playing off the jazz. <laughs> that was what I came up with, DJ Jazzy Jody. But I, from the beginning, I decided, you know what, I don't have the energy to do two different accounts. So this you're going to get me and you're going to get the jazz. Mm-hmm. This is my personal account, but I also cover the jazz. Mm-hmm. Fair warning. And so yeah, sometimes I do have people saying, "Hey, stick to the jazz, please." And I'm like, "Stick it there." Please. Yeah. It's you, know? you gave the warning. I saw it on your Twitter. It says uh warning uh jazz write about jazz and other stuff or my <laughs> life, whatever. But right. the warning is there. Yeah, and, and uh so that's just the way I've always been. I always I tweet about whatever I feel like. I mean, sometimes it drives people nuts. I, I know I just had a, a friend, somebody I highly respect, 
who told me that he didn't like that I was putting stuff about my health on there. Thought that did you block a, him? <laughs> he un, he unfollowed me. So, but you know that's his choice. People can follow me or unfollow me. Uh, but no, that's that's just who I am. That's what you're gonna get. So you're gonna get a lot of jazz stuff. I think I provide a lot of value for the jazz mm-hmm. there. Uh, but you're also gonna get me posting silly photos of cauliflower or me posting before and afters or my journey or just really bad corny dad jokes. <laughs> you're gonna get a, or some. It's just who you are. It's just who I am. Yeah. And so at this point, it's it's too late to change. So I. Yeah, it kind of makes me feel bad sometimes that people don't want Jody along with the jazz. I get it, though. So, anyway. Do they not realize that it's Jazzy Jody? Your name is in that, so you're going to get jazz, and you're going to get Jody. (laughs) And now I just have to learn how to DJ and spin some records. (laughs) Sasha can help you out with that. (laughs) But for the most part, I have to say this, uh, uh, my Twitter followers, even people who aren't my followers, that just you know in the periphery of the the Utah sports world, whether they're Ute fans or BYU fans, they're not necessarily Jazz fans or not necessarily Jody fans. I've gotten a lot of great compliments, and and one reason why I keep on posting about my health journey is because, uh, so people used to pity me, you know that oh Jody, it's, and maybe not to my face, but I know people felt bad. We're like, what a waste. Gosh, he's getting so big. He's kind of wasting his life. Ah, what, I wish we could do something to help him. But now I've turned that pity, and I, I'm fully in on trying to be inspirational. And that might sound a little cocky, but I know that I inspire people. And that's really powerful. And I know that if I wasn't posting some pictures or my struggles or successes or occasional photos of cauliflower, whatever, just sharing my journey, living out loud, that there are people out there that wouldn't have lost weight, that wouldn't have tried to get healthier, that wouldn't have done this or that. And so, like, if there are haters out there, you know, forget you. Haters going to hate. That's exactly. what you say. There are people whose lives are better because I've done that. So that's really selfish of you to tell me to not post that when other people's lives are being helped if not saved. When I interviewed Big Buddha, I asked him, I said, why do you always post yourself on Instagram going to the gym and what you're eating and this thing? He, he simply said, it keeps me accountable. Right. Yeah. Does your Twitter and your blog do that for you too? Oh, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> almost anywhere I go, just you know, in, in, in the local Salt Lake area, people see me. And I went to my wife's class reunion the other day. I don't know anybody. I know a couple of her friends, but... I had people come up and say, hey, love your work. It's Gordon Hayward going to say. <laughs> but I'll be at the store. I'll be at the gas station. And people recognize me. They've seen me on Channel 4 with you. Rihanna. In Milwaukee, <laughs> which is also on your blog. <laughs> and, and people recognize me. And uh, and so, yeah, that there is that added extra accountability for you live your life out loud. And, and now people expect you to be that way. And so you've got kind of a bunch of eyes looking at you. And and honestly, that's another reason why I became a health coach because it, it, that gives an extra layer of accountability because I want to be continue to be healthy and and uh, show a good example for my clients or for other people. Even if they don't become my clients, I just want to show on more than anything. I want to show to myself and to other people that this is possible, that change is possible because I didn't fully believe that I could change, and and I'm still not there yet because I'm still not at my goal. And it's really impressive what I've done. I'm excited. I'm proud. I feel a, a million times better. But I don't know if I'll be excited until I've lost my weight and kept it off for a year or maybe two years. Or less, maybe we need to talk in five years because otherwise it's just a diet. It's just a temporary thing. This, like you said before, it has to be a lifestyle change or it's all for naught. So how do you respond to people who say, well, you're not even at your goal yet, so how can you be a health coach? Oh, yeah. No, that I mean – I started as a health coach, and my program kind of suggests this. I started as a health coach one month into my journey. I was still about, I don't know, 340, 350 pounds. And so I'm morbidly obese. Like, And I'm a health coach. People are like, yeah, right, health coach. <laughs> so it's not – they don't need – I find a lot of people don't need somebody who's like chiseled and a perfect body, and they know only eats carrots and celery – they want somebody who cares about them, who has a program that works, who, and who are being a good example. 
and they, they care, you know, and, and, and they and, can identify with their yeah. struggle. Exactly. And so uh, one month in my friend, uh, Stephanie, she saw what I was doing on Facebook and she reached out to me. She was skeptical, kind of like I was at first. And she decided, okay, I'll try it. She's now lost 123 pounds, I believe. And if you look at both of us, the the saying I like to say, it's like somebody showed me where the, the button was for my body and my soul. Honestly, it's like, I, oh, wow, this is what, I, whoa, this is what I'm supposed to feel like. This is awesome. And when you look at her, it's like the light has flicked on. She just glows now. She was awesome before. I, lo- I love pre-Stephanie. But now it's like taking the awesomeness from before, and now it's like taking it to another level because she feels so much better about herself. She's healthier. And so, yeah, people uh, were like to have somebody who's, can relate with them and who's in the trenches with them. So I hesitated about that at first. I thought maybe I should get into my, uh, get to my goal, but I'm so glad I didn't because I have a friend who's now off of his insulin. He's got his diabetes under control. I have friends who've lost 50 pounds and are at their goal. I have a friend, childhood friend who lost 33 pounds and now 10 or 12 of his family members are all wow. eating healthier one of them is his brother-in-law who has MS and is in a wheelchair who's lost 50 pounds, who falls occasionally, and his wife can now pick him up easier. Uh, but he gets around so much easier. He feels so much better. It's helping his MS as well. You know, so if I hadn't – if I had waited till I reached my goal weight to start trying to be an example or inspire people or be a health coach, then their stories uh, would still be – They won't believe you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you this question. If you're trying to lose 200 pounds, is it best to consult a doctor before you lose this weight? Because my thinking is, if you're that big and you've been drinking Coca-Cola a liter and a half a day for 25 years and donuts and everything else with the sugar in it, and then you just cut that sugar, can your body have tremendous side effects from or shock from losing the grease and the sugar? Or is it okay just to start by yourself without a doctor? Uh, no, especially if, yeah, I would I would actually suggest anybody for the most part if you have two hundred pounds to lose, yes, definitely consult your doctor. If you have maybe ten or fifteen pounds yeah. and you're twenty or thirty, you probably can do it on your own. But for most people that have a significant amount of weight, yeah, you want to consult your doctor. I actually went into my doctor uh, right as I was starting, uh, right before I started this program, and because I kind of wanted to see how bad I'd. I thought I'd given myself like type 100 diabetes. <laughs> and you're like, you no longer have blood. You just have like have a hundred li- diabetes. You have li- liquid fat in your body. It's, it's amazing. You're a medical marvel. So I go to my doctor and he's, he was concerned, you know, like I'm starting to push 400 pounds. If I wouldn't have done anything, I would have weighed 400 pounds by last summer. So he said, I think you should get uh, weight loss surgery. I think you should get the gastric sleeve. And I know that weight loss surgery is a great option for a lot of people. Big Buddha, I know, uh, you hear his commercials he, and worked wonderfully for them. I didn't want to go down that road yet. Um, I said, hey, I've got this program, medically approved. He had heard of it. He had heard of the MetaFast program. It's been around for years. And he said, yeah, go for it. I Yeah, I'd love it. And now he's just like, holy smokes, dude. Can he's, I sign up? Yeah, he's... <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> he probably could use it, <laughs> but my blood pressure is so much better. I'm off of uh, depression and anxiety meds. I'm off of my high blood pressure medicine. I'm off of my edema for my, you know, you get that big, you have inflammation. And so my legs would just swell up. I'm off of the medicine for edema. Uh, I just feel so much better. And, but yeah, you want to make sure you're, you're starting it with your doctor's supervision. And yeah, it can be, uh, people who start our program, the first three or four days, honestly, are kind of hell. Yeah, I bet. Because you're addicted to food, you're addicted, your body's used to getting that sodium, that sugar, the fat, and you start eating this healthy food, people can get headaches and they're like freaking out and it's like withdrawals. Like if you try to go off of caffeine, you're going to get a headache and you maybe shake a little bit. And it's like, we got to hold them and hug them <laughs> and it's going to be all right. It sucks right now, but in three or four days, your body's going to thank you. And it responds well. And your body, our bodies want nutrition. Have you seen This Is Us, the show on NBC? I haven't. Okay. So one of the main characters, she is 
bigger and she wants to lose weight. And so she goes to like a, what does she call it? Like a, like a fat camp. She oh, called, yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> and then she's like mad because she's like, why are you even in here? You're skinny. Like, you know, you don't have as much weight to lose as me. Is there anyone that you look at that you're like, what, what are you in this program for? You don't need to lose all this weight. Yeah, there. Like, I have a good friend, Amy, and she only had like ten pounds. I mean, you looked at her, and she just looked like a she's really pretty woman, and didn't have much weight. I wouldn't think that she had any weight to lose, but she just wanted to eat healthier. And so that's that's what I like is that you can go on a diet and lose weight, but if you find a a, a healthy lifestyle, it's your body's going to respond and, and lose a little bit of the weight, but then you're going to just feel so much better and, and your body's going to respond so well. And you're going to help yourself create health for the rest of your life if you eat healthy. And so it's not just all about losing weight or being on a diet. It's about creating optimal health and, and just continuing to uh, improve there over time. What's your wife say about all this? I mean, she's, she's thrilled. She's actually the one who started this program. I got mad at her. <laughs> like, yeah, I bet she did. Were you embarrassed or? Well, she started and I, we were in a financial pickle. We had, were really kind of in a mess, honestly. And I'm like, we, we don't have money to pay for this food. And, you know, I thought she got suckered into some MLM or something. <laughs> anyway, so she's like, she looked at me and she's like, I've supported you on every diet you've ever been on. You're supporting me. So I'm <laughs> Yeah. I got the verbal <laughs> smackdown. There's nothing you can say after that. <laughs> yeah, so it was she John Cena'd me right into the, <laughs> the bat. So uh, I'm like, okay, and so, but she it's she responded really well. She lost like 20 pounds the first month, and so I'm like, okay, I'll I'll try your stupid diet. And she, I mean, obviously, it's just she feared that I was gonna. She, I'm older than her. I'm like eight years older than her, so she's always feared that. I was going to follow the footsteps of my dad and she's die. She's going to wake up and you're dead. Yeah. So she's going to, and not just for her, but like for the kids. And like that scares you financially. Like, you know, what am I going to do? Like, he's the breadwinner. What, you know, yeah. not, that, not that we earn a lot of bread at, at being a newspaper <laughs> reporter, but still. So she, I know that it's brought a lot of peace of mind and she's pretty stoked about it. I think it's a beautiful thing you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, my, and, my kids are real lot pretty excited too. And so. I think the best part cuz I you know everyone's selfish about themselves but you giving this to your community and the world at large your story. Cuz you're a storyteller. That's what you do professionally and right. most of these weight loss advocate types people can't tell a story. And so having a professional storyteller being able to tell the world, "Hey, you you can lose weight. Here's how you do it." That's cool. Thank you. And yeah, and and I realized that. And so I kind of feel like this, <laughs> I kind of feel it is my calling in life mm. now. And I know that might sound cheesy or dramatic, but really, like I am in a position now with, with my, not that I'm like some celebrity, but with my level of, of celebrity in the Salt Lake area, I'm in a position now where I can be a force for good. I can help spark motivation in other people. I can help people change whether they join my program or not. And I'm just as happy to hear people say, Hey dude, since January, I've lost 50 pounds. Thank you for motivating me. That's awesome. I love it. It's like, I mean, it's a thrill. It's like the best thing I've ever done. Or you can just be like me and snoop and download free recipes. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that too. You can do that too. All right, Jody, you know, we can't, leave without uh talking about some finals nba finals did you like what you saw in the finals <laughs> between the Cavs and the warriors oh geez you know we got to talk about it i know i got hammered on twitter today well a lot of people <laughs> liked what i said i i said that i i would put out a picture of kevin durant and i said kevin durant obviously obviously used cheat codes to win video games <laughs> which he did i i mean he's amazing uh, nobody can deny that. I love his talent. I just don't respect him for going to the the Warriors because I think that he won a championship the easy way. And I, so I I like that. I'm I I really feel bad that Cleveland didn't win Game Three. I was excited for them to to win Game Three. They were up by six points and they just <laughs> fell apart. I was like, you blinked and then you're like, wait, uh, what happened? Seriously, but that I mean, that's how good the Warriors are. 
I was glad that they at least won one game and made game uh, game five sort of interesting. But no, I mean honestly, I I didn't. I to me it, as it's a sports exciting. fan, as a basketball fan, I can appreciate how good the Warriors are. I don't like it at all. I it just rubs me. Did you wrong. like watching the Celtics and Lakers when you were a young kid, or the Bulls when you were? teenager early 20s i'm funny because i always like my team and i hate the powerhouses because yeah. sadly my team is never the powerhouse which is <laughs> yeah so, what team i mean i mean i grew up a jazz fan okay but like i was i guess the steelers kind of were that i jumped on the steelers sure. bandwagon but uh the braves are you know so that's a bandwagon fan club too though with the greg maddox and smoltz and all those guys. right i was i mean I, was, I jumped on when i was a young kid and del murphy was yeah. you know i watched tbs okay so the utah the tie yeah so yeah so probably the mormon tie yeah so i'll admit it uh but no i i don't like the big powerhouse teams i, I don't like the the megastars teaming up together i mean i can see why they do it and and good for them i you know if Somebody, if uh, if uh, somebody wanted to pay me a lot of money to join their incredible fun newspaper or, or ESPN <laughs> or something, I probably would jump on. But here's why I liked the story: I liked watching the hug between Kevin Durant and his mother. I thought for all the hard work and effort that she's done, and how mistreated that black women are in America, I just thought it was beautiful. Are I thought you talking that, about me? No, not you in general, but black women in general aren't treated well in this society. And to see that moment on for 25 million people just in this country, add another 150 million in China, I thought it was a beautiful moment for that family. You know, I and I appreciate that, and thank you for sharing that. And, and that reminds me of when he won the MVP, and he says, Mom, you you the real MVP, mm-hmm. which is, see, dang it. Yeah. See, that, it's this, the thing, you're on the happens. line, it's like the fence. You, you want to hate it, but it's such a beautiful story. Yeah. And well, they're a good and this group happens, of guys too. This happens a lot, yeah. and 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 it's funny that you just pointed out that I'm like being the way that I don't like other people being, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I'm susceptible as well. But so you're a Jazz fan, or you're a University of Utah fan, or you're a BYU fan, and so you like your team, and everybody else is the enemy. Mm. And so I kind of had that. My I grew up a Jazz fan, and then so I had teams that I didn't like like maybe Kobe or I didn't like LeBron because of this or that. And then you talk to them and you learn a little bit more about them and you take away that layer of, of, okay, you're the opponent. And so I take away the uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And then you like humanize them and you like, it becomes personal and you're like real with them. Then suddenly like, dang, you're cool. (laughs) I like you. That happened to me with LeBron. Put the curtain back up with LeBron. Put it back up. We don't like LeBron. Oh, I love LeBron. No. So can't. LeBron, I saw him once at a shoot around in, in the arena here in Utah, and he was yelling at somebody, to one of the ball boys, to get him a towel. And I thought it was kind of disrespectful. And this was right after the decision had happened. So I, I thought, this guy's a jerk. Calls himself the king. How pompous. Was, you know, every all the reasons everybody hates LeBron. And then one day I was in Cleveland, and I interviewed him. You know, I was in the interview, and I asked him a question about the Utah Jazz. And not that I like am intricately tied with the jazz or anything, but like he was so responsive and had like such respect and knew the history of John Stockton and Carl Malone and Jeff Hornacek and Jerry Sloan and this and that. And he just gave a really awesome answer. And I'm like, wow, he's not such a jerk after all, you know? And, and he played you, Jody. He played me. No, he, but he, every time I've been in an interview, he treats reporters with, with, yeah. with respect. Yeah. Kobe did the same thing. See? Kobe's great. I don't see why you guys all hate him. <laughs> I like Kobe now. Take the curtains down <laughs> on Kobe. A lot of speculation as we wrap up here that Gordon Hayward's gone. Yeah. I think it'd be the healthy, healthiest thing for the Utah Jazz if he left. What really? are your thoughts? Yeah, because you, at the end of the day, in 2021, you're paying him $37 million. He's not worth that. He he might be worth it up until the last four minutes of a fourth quarter, and then he's useless. So, you know, I think, I think there's destructive things that would happen to the Jazz if he left, but I don't think that they should worry about it the way that the fans want to. That's interesting. I think that this year he did show that he's better down the stretch. Mm. I, I think he grew in that area. Uh, is well, he, he worth, had a great point guard. Is, is he worth $37 million? No. But but that's a really good point, though. Gordon Hayward, I don't think he's a superstar that can carry your team by himself. No. I think he's worth that money when you have players like Rudy Gobert 
and George Hill, and then some really good. They still need one more really super good piece to really be serious. Uh, I think then he's like your 1A, 1B, and you can pay him a lot of money. And the Jazz, depending on how they structure this, they can. I, I think they can absorb that. I think it'd be bad for the Jazz. I think it'd be a step backwards, personally. I think he is going to stay. I think there's more reasons for him to stay. Number one, he loves winning. He's all about winning. He's going to make a lot of money regardless. He can make more money with the Jazz, but he's all about winning. The Jazz showed him that they can win with him being the man or the co-man. <laughs> do you think he? Do you think he and Gobert get along? Yeah, no, they get along great, and I think their games complement each other wonderfully. Even more importantly, uh, everybody talks about Brad Stevens, his Butler coach uh, with the Celtics. He has an amazing relationship with Quinn Snyder. Mm-hmm. I mean, really open. He his game has improved vastly. Uh, he loves Quinn's uh, detail oriented process, and Quinn is really uh, good at uh, just helping him with the small, minute details of of the game. Quinn's really brilliant, as is Brad Stevens. But they have a, a built a really good bond over the last three years. See, I think if I'm Gordon Hayward, which obviously I'm not, I would stay um, because. If you go somewhere else, you're not when you're done playing, when you retire, you're not going to have the same clout that you have that you're in that state as you are in the Jazz. If you oh, retire yeah. here, you're the man. You can do anything you want here. I mean, you're not going to get that anywhere else and like you said, you're going to get the most money here with the Jazz, but I don't know what who they're missing to get them to that next step. Because who do we have on a uh, was it Ben, ben Dowsett? No, you said last time that the Jazz can be a superstar team. I think so, yeah. But they're just missing something. They're, I think, I think I they're injury-plagued. I think they've got players that have uh, habitual injury issues. I think Rodney Hood could be a max-out player, but he's got something wrong with his legs. Yeah, Do you think the Jazz can be a superstar team? Yeah, I think they're missing. They're, they need to get George Hill or another top-level point guard. That's cr- critical. But they also need a shooting guard. Like I said, I, I think Rodney, I like he's his. He's phenomenal. They need somebody. They need like an all-star level shooting guard. And then I think, wow, this is a, a team to be reckoned with. They're still not the Warriors. Or you make but, Hayward a shooting guard and you get someone, you know, they got injury issues. Derek Favors. Paul George said he wanted to play with Gordon Hayward. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to play anywhere. <laughs> I know, right? Just get him out of his situation. But what is the likelihood that a superstar, even somebody young, we don't want, we don't need, to me, the Jazz don't need another veteran right now. You've, you're locked in. You've got them. You need someone that's young, younger, that's going to take you to that next step. That's a tough piece to get, though. It you really is. Trade yeah. Away the, yeah, but how, how do you get that? Tank. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Go Lakers. <laughs> you you kind of hope that Dante Exum, I don't know. Yeah, you might have to trade a Derek Favors or a Dante Exum or, or both, both. And a draft pick or two draft yeah, picks. And, yeah, and really, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a good question. But try to get a Gallinari or somebody that can mesh in or Kyle Lowry or somebody like that. Well, you go get that answer for me, okay? Okay. Because <laughs> you know yes, people. I don't. <laughs> All right. Uh, they don't, they don't, the people I know don't talk to me right now. Uh-oh. <laughs> Jody, what did you do? <laughs> well, it's, I mean, leading up to the draft and free agency. They want nothing to do with reporters. It, you know, it's funny how that happens. Uh, it's just a lot of times people hate the media. But then when they need the media, they're like, where are you? We need to talk to you. Yeah, exactly. I need a job. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jody, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. You know, I really appreciate your time. You're a big deal. You're a celebrity. Oh, so geez. thanks for stopping by. Oh, and I'm, I'm seriously saying you're that. You're a bigger deal. You're oh, a TV star. You know what? Yeah, right. Jody, give me some of your followers. Okay, just I'll send them all over. Send them all over to my. <laughs> I, I don't know if you want my followers. <laughs> so where can people find you at and keep up with uh, everything that you're doing? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at DJ Jazzy Jody. Uh, you can follow my blog, as you said earlier, at JodyGenesee.com. J-O-D-Y-G-E-N-E-S-S-Y.com. You can always read me at TheDeseretNews.com. Or if you reach out and friend me on Facebook. You'll accept it? I will. You do Instagram? I do Instagram. I'm the real Bon Jody. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Drop the mic. Uh, 
Clayton Blackham, who used to be a jazz intern, uh, gave me Bon Jody that nickname. I'm like, that's the best nickname I've ever gotten. Yeah, I'm done. Play, play the music. And to present the 2017 NBA Championship Trophy to your Golden State Warriors, please welcome NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. We saw basketball played at the highest level. Historic playoff runs by two teams, which will raise the bar for players and teams for generations to come. No matter what people said about us going into the season, a lot of hard work went into it. And so to be able to uh, be back in this position, be world champs again, um, be able to celebrate and enjoy this experience, it's unbelievable. It's hard to compare what that feeling was the first time, but it's pretty darn close. Um, so I'm going to enjoy this whole summer as a champion. LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Love and the rest of the Cavaliers, you got to tip your hat to them, man. They're champions. They got the championship DNA. They play extremely hard. But we wanted this. We wanted this from the beginning of the year. We put in the most work. We trusted each other. We're a real team. Man, you know, I don't even know what to say, man. Let me go celebrate.